Today we return to a subject that's getting a lot of attention thanks to Michael Moore's new documentary, Sicko. The subject is the national health care systems in France, England, and elsewhere in Europe, the kind of universal government health care that's available in nearly every wealthy country except the United States. Moore paints a glowing picture of these health care systems, but the reality is a little more complicated than that, as we'll find out today. Welcome to the Washington Health Report on ReachMD XM233, the channel for medical professionals. I'm your host, Paul Ray. My guest is Robin Osborne, director of the International Program in Health Policy at the Commonwealth Fund in New York City. Ms. Osborne is highly qualified to talk about health care around the world, not only because she studied it, but she's worked in health care uh, for Blue Cross Blue Shield in the U.S. and in the U.K. That's the largest private health insurer there. And if you're surprised to find out there are private health insurers there, we'll talk about that, too. Welcome to the program, Ms. Osborne. Thanks very much. Now, in Michael Moore's recent movie, Sicko, he visits several healthcare systems, and these are portrayed as the answer to all healthcare problems anywhere and everywhere for all time, or maybe even better than that. Should we all move to uh, the UK right now? I think there's a lot to be learned from other healthcare systems. I think many of them are doing things that, in terms of performance, far exceed what the U.S. healthcare system is doing. The U.S. healthcare system is the most expensive healthcare system in the world. We pay 16% of GDP in this country for healthcare, which is twice the OECD average. That's the industrialized countries. Industrialized countries overall. And we certainly pay far more, two and three times as much as the average industrialized country for a day in the hospital, for doctors. We pay more for prescription drugs. And the truth of the matter is we actually don't have better healthcare quality and outcomes. We can see that from our data. But we also don't get more for our money in terms of we have fewer hospital admissions, shorter lengths of stay in the hospital. We have fewer doctor visits. So there's a, a big question about getting value for money. I don't want to sound rude. I'd like to say I believe you, but I hear people on TV and on the radio and in the newspapers all the time saying we have the best healthcare system in the world. Are they all wrong? Well, I think it's comforting to say that, but the data don't bear it out. And the Commonwealth Fund has a unique niche among U.S. healthcare foundations in terms of being the only one that looks at international healthcare policy for industrialized countries. And as part of this program, what we do is we do annual analyses that uh, we support annual analyses that compare healthcare costs and utilization across countries, but also we do international surveys and we compare the experiences of patients getting health care across different industrialized countries. And similarly, we ask doctors about their views of their health care system. And when we look at that data, we have a recent publication out called Mira Mira on the Wall. And out of the six countries that are examined in that analysis, the U.S. basically ranks at the bottom. And this is on access, on quality, efficiency, equity. So we may be spending more, but it's not clear that we're getting more for our money. Before we talk a little bit more about the details of that and some of the findings, you worked for Blue Cross in the United Kingdom? Actually, in the UK, I worked for Blue Cross here in New York. In the UK, I worked for Bupa, which was at the time the largest private health insurer in the UK. And the UK has had a national health service since about 1946. And at the same time, they've had 
a parallel private system. And Bupa was a private insurer. There are others operating in the market as well. And they account for about 12% of the health care in the UK. Bupa is an acronym for something? British United Provident Association. Now, what is the role of private insurers? In the UK, private insurance plays a complementary role to the NHS. So the NHS offers universal coverage. This is tax finance system with a particular levy, additional levy for national health insurance. People have the option of taking out private insurance. They tend to take it out because it gives them access to private specialists, faster access to elective surgery, admission to a private hospital. But, for example, for primary care, almost everyone in the U.K., even if they had private insurance, would see a GP who is part of the National Health Service. If they had to go to an emergency room, that would be to a National Health Service hospital. Uh, I'm a little unclear on what the extra benefits you get with They give people more choice in terms of specialists and faster access for elective surgery, typically. Also, hospitals with more amenities. So if you go to a private hospital with your private health insurance, you're likely to get a private room and maybe even a wine list. Michael Moore didn't talk about that in SICKO, that kind of thing. Is there a two-tiered system, and does that in some ways detract from this sort of lavish praise of the English system? I don't think so, because the majority of people are getting all their care through the National Health Service. So it's a fairly small segment of the population that's using private insurance, and they're only using it for a portion of their care. We have a what I guess I'll call an illusion in this country that of sort of equity, and it's not fair for people to get more access, some people to get more access than others, although that's belied by things that happen every day and every minute. Wouldn't that kind of thing rise or raise some ire in the United States if you say, well, everybody has national health care, but, but the rich people get the better? I think people have private insurance in the UK are not all the rich people as well. They could be taxi drivers might take out private insurance too. I think the difference is that in terms of equity, when we look across the healthcare systems, the UK has the most equitable of the systems we're looking at, which are Australia, Canada, the Netherlands, Germany, New Zealand, the UK, and the US. The UK is the most equitable. Um, you mean across social classes? Across social classes and in terms of people's experiences with their healthcare. When we ask people about their experiences with healthcare and we ask people who are above average income in the US versus below average income, there's a huge disparity. That disparity is is pretty small and sometimes doesn't exist at all on questions in the UK. Similarly, for access to care in the UK, in the US, we would see, we did a survey of sicker adults, people with serious chronic health problems who've had major illnesses. And in the U.S., we found 50% of them said that they had to forego care, necessary care, in the past year. That's either a visit to the doctor, filling a prescription, having a follow-up test or treatment. And that's a 50% of sicker people in the U.S. are not getting needed care. In the U.K., that number is under 10%. So in terms of equity, the U.K. has us beat. There's no question. For those of you who've just joined us, you're listening to the Washington Health Report on ReachMD XM233, the channel for medical professionals. I'm your host, Paul Rayburn. We're talking to Robin Osborne of the Commonwealth Fund here in New York City about the healthcare systems in European countries and beyond and what we can learn from those systems. Now, 50% of sicker people in the United States are not getting needed care. Why? 
financial barriers to care? They have insurance or they don't have insurance? Some do, some don't. Some are underinsured. So there are financial barriers of the countries that we look at. In the U.S., we have a very high proportion probably over 25% that are paying $1,000 or more out of pocket for health care costs. And that is just not seen in the other countries. And in the UK particularly, there's barely any out-of-pocket costs. People have first-dollar coverage. Now, how long did you work in the United Kingdom? I was there for six years, living there, using the health care system. You got system. medical care there. I got medical care. I got private and public, so I have a bit of experience with both. But I, I was working for two years while I was there and living there for six. So I had a lot of experiences, including with family, getting health care. how was the health care? The health care that I got was very good. I think where one is aware of differences in the healthcare system, systems, and I'll go across all the systems maybe a bit more on that. In terms of access, for example, the U.S. has the greatest financial barriers, but we also have barriers to care when it comes to primary care. These other healthcare systems are much more reliant on primary care doctors and family doctors, and they have a much stronger infrastructure. The U.S. is a much more specialist-oriented healthcare system. So the majority of the countries that we're talking about, people can get in to see the doctor on the same day when they're sick. In the U.S. and Canada, the majority of people can't. Maybe about 30% could see the doctor on the same day when they're sick. After-hours care also, there's an access problem in the U.S. Two-thirds of the people that we surveyed, these sicker adults we were talking about, had a lot of difficulty getting care in the evenings, on weekends, on holidays. In the U.S. In the U.S. In the Netherlands, 95% of people were able to get care after hours without a problem. So the access problems are not just financial, but they have to do with the way the system is structured. Now, you've raised several of the issues just in conversation that people often raise talking about these kinds of systems, delays in surgery, more difficult. You didn't quite say it this way, but, you know, different way of dealing with specialists. You know, you, maybe you have to see somebody first. You can explain to me how that works. And, and there are other objections. Doctors worry about whether doctors won't do as well. And we worry, the rest of us worry, because we want doctors to do well and be there for us. Should we import one of these systems? I mean, are they really, you know, you can lay down all the numbers and so forth. But many of us, despite our concerns about the American system, kind of like, are we used to it? We kind of like what we have, and, and maybe we're a little afraid of change. If you rule the world, what would you do? I'm not sure it's realistic to think about importing one of these systems. Healthcare reform has had sort of a rocky road here in the U.S. I think the, the more realistic strategy or option would be to take what we have and make it better and build on it and learn from some of the things the other countries are doing. And our program basically tries to identify some of the innovations in other countries, some of the successful models that we can learn from, as opposed to adopting another system whole scale, which I don't think is likely to happen. Certainly, for example, on the after-hours care, which I mentioned, in the Netherlands, where doctors practice, the family doctors, the GPs, they practice in small practices, less than four doctors in a practice, and the model is a blended model of 
decapitation and fee-for-service and other kinds of payments that they get, financial payments. But what they do to cover after-hours care is they have a system where they join together in cooperatives and cover a certain region, a certain population. Care is provided where there is a nurse available after hours on the telephone. There's a doctor available on the telephone to, to everyone. And there's also a home visit, if needed, by a doctor. And that after-hours care cooperative, the consortium, is contracted by the primary care doctor. So there's coordination of care, there's continuity of care, and there's an alternative to going to the emergency room, which is what typically people in the U.S. have to do on a Saturday night because there isn't coverage. So we're just about out of time, but bottom line, we can learn something from these other national health care systems? I think there's a lot to learn. Thanks for being with us. Our guest has been Robin Osborne of the Commonwealth Fund in New York City, talking about health care systems around the world. Thanks again. I'm your host, Paul Rayburn. You've been listening to the Washington Health Report on ReachMD XM233, the channel for medical professionals. Comments, questions, send us an email, xm at reachmd.com. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time.